what does it exactly mean to walk in purpose? I know it has become a thing in our culture to know your purpose or to do your thing. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, what does it actually mean to walk in purpose? Well, that's what I want to discover with you. I'm Jody Cell Grove, and I am excited to walk with you, to discover together what it means to walk in God's presence and live a life of abundance in our everyday lives. We'll do this through sharing testimonies, digging into God's word, and walking out Matthew 17, 20, where Jesus said, if you have faith like a grain of mustard seed, nothing will be impossible for you. I'm so honored you've taken the time to walk with me this week. Welcome to She Walks in Purpose. Jody, <laughs> and thanks for tuning in to She Walks in Purpose. It again has been a while, and uh, there's been a lot of different shiftings um, in my life a lot of learning, a lot of growing, a lot of falling. Um, and isn't that just the life of a believer? Uh, I hope wherever you're at um, in this world um, that you are seeing the Prince of Peace, that you are experiencing the Prince of Peace. And even when I say wherever you're at, um, I'm even, you know, thinking about where you're at, like where your heart's at, where where is your mind at, who are you focusing focusing on. Um, because that's really uh, the whole point of this episode. Um, so I am just going to dig right in. Well, I'm going to pray first and then we'll just dig right in. Um, Father God, I just thank you so much um, for who you are. You are a good, good Father. You are a holy and just God. And I thank you, Jesus, so much for this opportunity to even enter the throne room to talk to our Father. I thank you for constantly interceding on our behalf, on my behalf, um, sharing with the Father uh, what I'm asking for, sharing with the Father um, in defense against the enemy at times of whose I am because of your shed blood, Jesus. Jesus, we are just so thankful um, that you were willing to live out your love for us on this earth. Um, there's nothing we can do or say to repay you or to even um, prove to you how thankful we are um, because just like you tell us in our word, we are nothing. We are nothing without you. And I always like to add in, Lord, that I can do nothing without you. And with that said, Lord God, I just ask for you um, to be my eyes. Let my eyes be your eyes, my ears be your ears, my tongue be your tongue, my hands be your hand, and my feet be your feet. Uh, that 
whoever tunes into this episode, Lord God, that they would not hear Jody. They would hear you. They, If they watch it, they would not see Jody. They would see you, Lord God, because ultimately, um, you know, you and I have been having these conversations just like John the Baptist stated in, in the book of John and John 3, I must become less and less for you to become greater and greater. Um, that is uh, my heart's desire, Lord God. And, and I just ask that that you become greater and greater um, as I process out what you have been revealing um, to me. And I, I thank you for meeting each individual who is listening right where they're at. Jesus, you are just so good through the power of your Holy Spirit to meet us right where we're at. Um, Holy Spirit, I just ask for a fresh outpouring just um, through my voice. I ask for a fresh infilling that I would be completely in tune with you and the direction that Jesus is moving that I may, may follow closely, closely behind him. As for you to bless the listeners. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay. So we're back in Exodus. Um, the Lord has been tying together um, a recent study that I've joined in John with Exodus. And I'm going to, before I get into his word, I am just going to tell you right off the bat. What we are doing is we're connecting um uh, what I've shared in the past about our soul and the stillness of our soul, um, as it states in Psalm 4610, be still and know that I am God. I, I'm going to be connecting this, this whole concept of being, well, really just being with Jesus and, and being content in knowing um, that he's, you know, that he reigns, that God is still on the throne, uh, that no matter what's happening in, in my life, what, what, no matter what's happening to me, um, that I can trust him. So, uh, I don't know what's going on right now. I'm using photo booth to record and I just saw a whole bunch of different things happening in the background. So I wonder if that's what's going to show up for you people. And if it does, well, wow. Anyway, okay, so um, I'm also going to be tying in our thoughts and our feelings in this piece just because they are a part of our soul. Um, I'm going to be tying in our will and God's will. Um, and so here we go. I am back in Exodus 16 and I am taking verse 3. This is the Israelites talking to Moses. Um, I've, I've talked about this before, but here's a new quote-unquote perspective, a new understanding of what's really going on here. So Exodus 16, verse 3, The Israelites said to them, If only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Now, I'm going to go ahead and go into John 4, and I'm going to tie in the scripture there. So I'm in John 4, and I am going to start with verse 20. No, where am I going to start here? 
verse uh, 31. Meanwhile, so I mean John 4, verse 31. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Verse 33. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And I'm just going to stop there. So we here we have two different situations. We have the Israelites who have now crossed the Red Sea and um, God's leading for Moses in leading the Israelites is to lead them into the wilderness. They have traveled several days and um, their food is what they can see is dwindling. And they are now telling Moses that he has led them into the wilderness to die. Because they're going to starve. And they're saying, uh, if we would have just stayed, we were sitting around pots of food. Like, we had plenty of food. We didn't have to worry about sustenance. We didn't have to worry about where food was going to come from. And here we are here. We have no idea what's going to happen when this runs out. Because there's nothing out here. Then I also read from John 4, and here we have Jesus and his disciples talking. Um, if anybody knows about John 4, so Jesus visited a woman in Samaria, um, talked to her about the living water, who he is the living water and he is the Messiah. And this is all while the disciples have gone into town to find sustenance because they must have traveled very far. I mean, it does say at the beginning of Chapter 4, that Jesus was weary. He sat down at the well. They've been traveling, okay? So his disciples go off to go get food. Jesus has talked to the woman while the disciples are gone. Here we are. The disciples have come back. The woman has left to go to town to tell everybody about the Messiah. And the, the disciples are urging Jesus to eat because they understand that they have been starving thirsty um and they need sustenance because of their travels that he surely must need it as well and we don't know we're not privy to everything right because john doesn't give us all the details here maybe jesus looked like he was really hungry right maybe his phys he you can look at him and tell that he doesn't have a lot of strength we don't know but they're like urging him they're like rabbi you need to eat and jesus responds with I have food to eat that you know nothing about. And then they're like, what? Did somebody come here? Did somebody feed him while we were gone? And he then goes on to explain, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work. So what Jesus is doing is he's coinciding this whole concept of sustenance naturally right? Our bodies, we need food and water to really survive and thrive. To go about living, we need actual food and water. And, <clears throat> excuse me, what Jesus is doing is he's 
through John here. He is really, he's really putting out here this connection of how we as humans have such a tendency to focus on the natural. And that is coincided with Exodus 16. So naturally, the Israelites would be recognizing that their food is, the amount of food is dwindling. Naturally, the disciples would recognize that they're hungry and that their rabbi would be hungry as well because they had been traveling. So we see with our natural eyes what we have and what we don't have. And, and let's just focus on the sustenance piece. And, and what Jesus is doing here, what God was doing for the Israelites, he was together in these two different scenarios in his word, he is pointing out that yes, to the natural, you do need this. However, is this where you're always going to look? Are you always going to look with your natural eyes? And, and what I am wanting to share today is how he has been revealing to me that as his child, as a new creation, I am commanded and expected to be looking with spiritual eyes. And I want to preface all of this with, He's not denying the fact that I need food and water to live on this earth. And I will also add, he is not denying the fact that he is God and that he is the provider and he knows what I need naturally and he will provide it. The point is, is when we have these needs like food and water, we have a tendency to be driven by the natural because of sin, because we have flesh, um, because we live on earth. So I'm not denying any of that. And God himself is not denying that. He, I mean, he isn't and he will always provide. The point here is, and this is what he's been teaching me, is his, he's saying, because you have this need, because I gave you this need of sustenance, um, you're not to allow your natural need for susten sustenance to drive you, to, to um, be your motivator. You, as my child, I have given you a new heart. I have created you to be a new being and that new being has a need for sustenance too and it's a spiritual sustenance and are you seeking that sustenance with your spiritual eyes with your spiritual ears with your spiritual hands with your spiritual feet um, and I'm not trying to get all woo woo here but I'm just saying is your new heart driving you is your new heart expect it for the sustenance that I have to give. Jesus told the disciples, my food is the will of my father. And then he also went on and said to finish his work. 
the, the real point I want to focus on, the real piece is the very first piece. My food is to do the will. If we are new creations in Christ Jesus, if we are wearing his righteousness, then guess what our food is to be? The same as his, the will of our father. And what I have been learning and what God has been um, moving me through uh, and what I've really been recognizing what he's wanting to strip for me has everything to do with my word of the year, which is saturation. My prayer moving into 2023 and, and my prayer has continued to be it's I mean, it's changed, but it's still the same prayer. I have I have this desire to be completely saturated with him, to be completely saturated in his presence, to know him in such a way in every aspect of my life, no matter what's going on, no matter what I'm doing. And that includes my inner self. That includes my thoughts. That includes my feelings. And uh, my scripture for the year has been Zechariah 4, 6, the, the second part of Zechariah 4, 6. Um, in the ESV, it reads, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And I know, I know now that what he's really saying in that scripture is not by your might, Jody. Not by your power, Jody, but by my spirit in everything, in your thoughts, in your feelings, um, in the way that you talk, in the way that you act, um, in your non-verbals, um, in your actual verbals, your words. It's not by your might. It's not by your power, but it's by my spirit. And that is how you maintain saturation in my period in my presence. That's how you remain attached to the vine. That's how you, um, that's how your heart is guarded, um, from, from the enemy, from your own self-seeking desires. Um, that's how you maintain connection with me. And what I, what I've been discovering and what he's been revealing to me that he is wanting to uh, strip away and he's wanting me to leave behind or another way to say it would be how I am to die to myself. How are your thoughts, Jody? How are they being driven by the nat your natural eye? How are your, th how are your thoughts being driven by your desire to feel or to know that you're sustained? Are you driven by um, everything that you're seeing? Are you being driven by your own feelings? And I have a prime example. I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail, but yesterday um, while working at my part-time job, there, there were moments where I, my thoughts were being consumed by frustration, uh, my, thoughts were being consumed by fatigue. My thoughts were consumed um, with uh, myself. <laughs> Let's be honest. And it was bringing up some feelings and uh, 
what I found myself doing when they were so consuming me, it was like all I was thinking about. I find myself saying, Jesus, help me. I need you in this moment. Jesus, my body is about done and I don't know how much longer I can take. I need your strength. And in reflection, um, he has brought me back to the Israelites and he's brought me back to, which in Exodus 16, and he's brought me back to John 4 and he's brought me back to what Jesus was meaning here. Um, this is, this, and, and what I hear him saying is, this is what I mean. This is, when you are praying these things, Jody, um, in John 3.30, John the Baptist was state, stating, I must become less and less so that he may become greater and greater. And that is my, that's been my new prayer. And, and he's saying, I'm answering your prayer. I'm answering your prayer by revealing to you how swiftly you can be moved by your own desire to sustain yourself. You can easily be moved by your own desire to put yourself first. You can be so easily moved and quickly moved by what you feel or what you see with your natural eyes. Um, I'm constantly praying, Lord, your will be done in my life today. Give me eyes to see you. And, and when I'm praying these things, he is answering my prayer by revealing to me how easily I can get in the way. I, I know I cannot be the only believer on the face of this earth that experiences this thing. And so what I... I'm actually going to close because there's not much else for me to, sh to share. Um, but the, the biggest takeaway that I want to share with you is where in your life are you recognizing that you're seeing with natural eyes, that you're being led by your feelings? And are you aware that the heart itself, God tells us, is the most deceitful place in our body? Our spiritual hearts are extremely deceitful because they are full of um, ungodly beliefs. They're full of roots of yuckiness. You know, we were conceived in sin. But are we aware of what's leading us, what's driving us, what's motivated, what motivating us? If we're not aware of that, um, then it at times it can be very difficult for us to understand maybe why we're living in chaos in our heads, why we are so easily led by our feelings. And I'm here to say that if, if we want others, like if we want to follow the commandment to make disciples of all people, if we are, if we want to follow Jesus and letting people know who he is and what the gospel is in our life. If we want our lives to be a living testimony, we have first got to recognize our personal relationship with him has to be first and foremost. And a part of that personal relationship is recognizing when we are getting in the way of him. When we are saying that we are more important than him, that we are number one and he is not. And when, when we openly pray to him, openly confess to him 
that we want him to be number one, that want, we want him to lead us, that we want to pick up our cross and follow him, that we do want to die to ourselves, then he is going to re- be revealing to us, you are called to live with eyes pointing above, eyes looking to heaven, eyes looking to Jesus. You are to be living with an eternal focus, not a temporal focus. And a temporal focus is all about being led by our feelings, being led by our ungodly thoughts, being led by our tendency to put ourselves first, being being led by trying to fulfill our needs on our own. I know it's it's a part of a daily walking out for me and I know that it has to be a daily walking out for you uh our sustenance is to the will our sustenance is to do the will of our father and the only way that that can occur is to be saturated in his presence to be so infatuated with Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior the lover of our soul to be so infatuated with him that he's the only one we can see. Yeah, it's not going to be perfect every single time and that's okay. But are we recognizing in those moments his conviction, his saying to us, no, no, you're not. You're my child. You're, you're called to look at me with your spiritual eyes. Don't pay attention to what's going on around you. Don't pay attention to your own desires. What are my desires? I can sustain you. I am your food. I am the daily bread. I am the living water. I pray that this has spoken to you. I pray that you have heard Jesus. Um, and in closing, I, I want to share that there are no longer going to be seasons for She Walks in Purpose. I am going to be completely led by him. This was a completely led by him moment of me hopping on and recording this. I know he wants them to be shorter, um, which I pray I've done. I haven't even paid, been a ta- paying attention to the time, but he's wanting these excerpts to just be little nuggets. Um, and they're supposed to be just, you know, Whatever he's giving me, I'm supposed to hop on, I'm supposed to share it, and I'm to be done. So uh, I hope and pray that the hope, Jesus Christ, is the one that you have heard and seen today. And I pray that whenever whenever he leads you to listen to this, that this day you you are recognizing the joy of his salvation and you are living in it. Um, and it is uh, his purpose for you and, and it's uh, your purpose in him. I just uh, pray Jesus' blessing and um, over you and for you. And uh, may we all worship Jesus in spirit and truth today. God bless you. for walking with me this week. My prayer is that you've seen Jesus even more clear. 
recognized the immensity of God's presence and discovered an even deeper abundance of life, knowing whose you are. My encouragement to you is this. Know God's presence envelops you. His purposes are for His glory, your good, and that entails a life of abundance. Blessings in the truth and grace of Jesus Christ.